is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is the best of Mark Levin. Merry Christmas. Man, we have a ton to do here. No time for screwing around. I watched that debate last night on Fox. Hannity was fantastic. And so was DeSantis. DeSantis crushed Newsom. Wasn't even a close call. And you know why? Because DeSantis came prepared. DeSantis was like Machine Gun Kelly. Just one fact after another after another. And you can see from time to time Newsom's phony smile turned into a frown. And he would panic with the name calling. And he would lie repeatedly. I mean, I was online. I was checking book banning. 1,405 books. And I looked, no, slightly over 300. Uh, And they listed the books, and the books were all crap. Vast majority of them were pornographic. So first of all, the number's even irrelevant if it's 10 million books, because they're all penthouse-type books for little kids. They ought to be banned. When it comes to abortion, DeSantis locked in Newsom for all time. Newsom supports abortion right up to birth. The American people do not support that. Newsom does not support parental notification. How do we know that? Because he said nothing when he was directly asked three times by Hannity. And then he talks about, you know, our taxes, uh, yeah, it's a high rate, but for the wealthy and so forth... It's not the wealthy alone who are escaping California. It's hardworking Americans. It's pensioners. It's people who are third, fourth, fifth generation to get the hell out of there. It's a 0% income tax across the board in Florida. 0%. But when it comes to the kitchen table issues, food, when it comes to issues like energy, the cost of gasoline, you're getting killed in California. It's the highest in the country. Why doesn't he take credit for it? Why isn't he proud of it? But in any event, I'm not going to redo the debate. I think DeSantis did himself a lot of good, particularly vis-a-vis Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is out there at the billionaire trough, slopping it up as fast as she can. Getting backed by liberals, getting backed by Democrats, getting backed by open border types. By radical columnists. By bushies. What's that all about? And I want to apologize. I was wrong. Nikki Haley is not George W. Bush in a dress. She's a complete and utter chameleon on every major issue. Whether it's China, whether it's the border, whether it's Disney, whether it's drilling, whatever it is. She's had five positions on the same issue. And when you catch her on it, her debate style is to interrupt, to deny... And to attack. Interrupt, deny, and attack. And that's why last night's debate was so good. You could have some of that, but one-on-one, you really do expose yourself. As Newsom did. So I think DeSantis really hurt Newsom. I really do. And uh, I also think that Hannity was fantastic. That's the kind of debate you want, right? 
So we'll watch the next debate. Who keeps interrupting? You're going to find out who keeps interrupting. It's going to be Nikki Haley attacking Ramaswamy. She's spending millions and millions of dollars, not attacking Trump, but attacking DeSantis. Then you got the, uh, the Hindenburg on the stage there, filled with gas. The gas bag, Chris Christie, who is sort of the Liz Cheney of the bunch. By the way, she has a book coming out. You watch every single major network will be promoting it. Why? Because she's a poison pill for the Republicans, that's why. I want to read you something. This is very, very important. Not just the substance, but something I'm going to point out. First of all, see if you can catch it. You're really smart out there. Really, really, you're the smartest audience of all audiences. And I mean that when I say that, or you wouldn't be here. Why waste your time? But I want you to listen to this. This is a New York Times article that came out last evening when I was on air, so I didn't see it, didn't have time to read it, 7.16 p.m. Eastern, by Ronan Bergman and Adam Goldman. Ready for this? Israeli officials obtained Hamas's battle plan for the October 7 terrorist attack more than a year before it happened. Documents, emails, and interviews show. But Israeli military and intelligence officials dismissed the plan as aspirational, considering it too difficult for Hamas to carry out. Now, let me tell you what the New York Times did. The Jerusalem Post has written two stories on this. So the New York Times decides to leapfrog the Jerusalem Post, gives them no credit whatsoever, and goes and does a bunch of interviews on their own. Fine, but I just want you to understand how this has worked. They say the approximately 40-page document, which the Israeli authorities codenamed Jericho Wall, outlined point by point exactly the kind of devastating invasion that led to the deaths of about 1,200 people, writes the Slimes. Stick with me. The translated document, which was reviewed by the New York Slimes, did not set a date for the attack, but described a methodical assault designed to overwhelm the fortifications around the Gaza Strip, take over Israeli cities and storm key military bases, including a division headquarters. Hamas followed the blueprint with shocking precision. The document called for a barrage of rockets at the outset of the attack, drones to knock out the security cameras and automated machine guns along the border, and gunmen to pour into Israel and Moss in paragliders, on motorcycles, and on foot, all of which happened on October 7th. The plan also included details about the location and size of Israeli military forces, communication hubs, and other sensitive information raising questions about how Hamas gathered its intelligence and whether there were leaks inside the Israeli security establishment. Stay with me. I'm almost there. The article goes on, but I just want to stop it at the point that, to me, I need to emphasize, because nobody else will. Ready? The the documents circulated widely among Israeli military and intelligence leaders. But experts determined that an attack of that scale and ambition was beyond Hamas's capabilities. According to documents and officials, it is unclear whether Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu or other top political leaders saw the document as well. What's wrong with this article? What's wrong with this article? 
They say the front end of this. That the battle plan for October 7 terrorist attack was more than a year in the making before it happened. So that precedes October 7, 2022. That precedes October 7, 2022, a year before the attack on October 7, 2023. They also say that the, the document in the intelligence was known more than a year before the attack. So again, it precedes October 7, 2022. And then five or six paragraphs down, as I read to you, they, whether they, it's unclear whether Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu or other top political leaders saw the document as well. According, by the way, to the Jerusalem Post stories, it's very unlikely that top government officials saw it. Because at the relatively senior intelligence level, they, dis- they dismissed much of it. And they didn't have enough exactitude with respect to the date. But putting that aside just for the moment, that's not the point of this article. Benjamin Netanyahu was not the prime minister when this document came out. He was not the prime minister, quote, more than a year before it happened, that is the attack on October 7th, 2023. In fact, he wasn't able to organize a government until December 29th, 2022. December 29th, 2022. Nowhere in this article, certainly not at the front end, do they say, well... We don't know whether the acting the prime minister at the time, Bennett, and the coalition government with Lapid and Gantz, that is Bennett, Lapid, and Gantz, what did they know? Since they ran the government and Bennett was the prime minister. A year well before the October 7 attacks. In other words, what did the left-wing government in Israel know when this information was supposedly being pulled together, the document was created, you have to assume the senior intel and IDF appointees, Mossad appointees, were the appointees either made by the left-wing Israeli government or left there by the left-wing Israeli government. There's not a word about them. Not a word about them. Why? Ladies and gentlemen, because the New York Times and the rest of the media in America and much of the media in Israel want to put Netanyahu in prison, like Trump, never wanted him elected, never wanted him to pull together the coalition government, They attacked the other parties as radical right-wing religious types. Netanyahu and his coalition is constantly, unceasingly, obsessively attacked by the New York Times and Thomas Friedman. By the Biden regime. Before that, the Obama regime. Because Netanyahu 
represents his people. And Ehud Barach, a disgraced, former, disastrous prime minister of the hard left, who's been campaigning in America, even now as I speak, during the war, and was involved in raising dark money and organizing a coup against Netanyahu in the prior Netanyahu government for two years. He's all over TV. He's all over the newspapers here and in Europe. Gantz gets a complete pass, even though he was part of that government. Now he's part of the the war government. Lapid is a leftist, a former TV announcer, a leftist who's not part of the war cabinet because he can't be trusted. He's been to the United States trying to undermine their commander-in-chief, Netanyahu, as well. We have liberal Democrats on cable, even some as guests or hosts on MSNBC, CNN, and Fox. So when this October 7th is brought up, they immediately start attacking Netanyahu. Why? Because I have another piece I want to read to you very shortly. It was in the Financial Times. And here again, the NBC News took the story this gentleman wrote and used it as the basis of gathering other information. All, all these people in the media are just slime balls. They're sleazy. It's what they are. They don't do their own work. Completely sleazy. They don't give credit to anybody. It's what they were taught. It is unclear whether Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu or other top political leaders saw the document. Why don't they ask him? But why don't they ask Bennett and Lapid and Gantz? Why don't they ask all of them? I even heard somebody who I have enormous respect for on cable TV said Netanyahu's future is over. Well, he's at like 17 or 20 percent or 30 percent or something like that. Because about every two or three days there's an article blaming him. Now, I'm not blaming anyone and I'm not not blaming anyone. You're in the middle of a war when they Japanese hit Pearl Harbor. There wasn't discussion about what did FDR know and when did he know it. Media certainly wasn't thinking that way. 9-11, what did George W. Bush know and when did he know? That's not the way you do things. But I'm not done with this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the digital dollar report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. 
Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Have a very Merry Christmas. Joe Scarborough, before I get to the other article, which kind of exposes some of what's going on here. I've told you before, he is a disgusting, low-IQ demagogue. Always has been, always will be. Which is exactly why he's over at MSNBC, which is filled with people like this. Filled with them. MSNBC is the little sister of NBC, and they're both owned by Comcast. Many of you are paying, overpaying. An enormous amount of money for Comcast, which is a Philadelphia-based corporation run by woke corporatists. And of course, nobody will ever do a story on them, and that's why a lot of these woke corporatists buy these media outlets to protect themselves. That's why Bezos bought the Washington Post. You never see stories about Amazon, do you, in the Washington Post? But I want you to listen to what Scarborough says Based on this article, which he doesn't read carefully, and how close to the line of a full-fledged bigot and anti-Semite he becomes. Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the digital dollar report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N. To 68592. Again, text Levin to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. This is Mark Levin wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Now back to the best of me. On MSNBC, they have a significant number of anti-Semites who pretend not to be anti-Semites, but they are. Just as Obama is and was an anti-Semite. There's no question about it, and I'll demonstrate it again as I have over the many, many years I've been behind this microphone. Professor Khalidi, Columbia... The video that's never been shown, that the L.A. Times continues to conceal. There's so much. But I want to focus on American media. American media, MSNBC's turn, and Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough gets a lot of hits because he's on early in the morning. He says crazy-ass things. He's a Trump hater. And so all the Democrat Party websites and others pick up on it. Mika Brzezinski's father, Zbigniew Brzezinski, was another Israel hater, as he advised Jimmy Carter from the National Security Council, just another contemptible thug. 
But I want you to listen to Scarborough. Now you have some facts. But I want to give you more information once I'm done with him. About the article itself. The article itself dates this information and the document months before Netanyahu and his government were even elected, let alone organized. And the Jerusalem Post articles, both of them that I read in the course of the last 72 hours, which were really the first to break this information, make it abundantly clear that the information per se got caught up in the bureaucracy, got caught up in debates, challenges from experts within the Israeli military. The initial information was collected by a woman who wasn't even really a full-time intel person for Mossad. And so they started to dismiss her. She pulls the information together. She doesn't have a date. The information is taken. It's analyzed. The head of intel for Israel has already said he is going to resign or has resigned. And there's no information whatsoever that this information got to the heads of either of the governments. Either Bennett, Lapid, and Gantz, or Netanyahu and his coalition. But for some reason, Bennett, Lapid, and Gantz escape all scrutiny. Even though the information was bubbling around during their government. A year before October 7th. Netanyahu wasn't even an announced candidate yet. Now listen to this ignoramus and this tirade about the West Bank. They use the term West Bank because the more Orthodox Jews, not all, tend to live in Judea and Samaria, the indigenous homeland of Judaism. They want to take Judea and Samaria, they always have on the left, the Democrat Party, and give it to the Palestinians to take pressure off of Jordan, pressure off of Egypt, with the claim that this would be a two-state solution. And the radical left in Israel agrees with them. Just as we have our radical left, they do too. That's led by Ehud Blach and the left-wing parties in Israel. So Menachem Begin wanted nothing to do with that, so they would attack him. And now, of course, it's Netanyahu. So listen to this tirade. Cut to go. And let me add, you look at the chaos in the West Bank that I lay all at the feet of Benjamin Netanyahu and his policies over the past 10 years. You see, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Carter was big new Brzezinski. Her daddy kept insisting that, quote unquote, the West Bank be delivered to the Palestinians. They have their eyes on the West Bank. Got to give them the West Bank. Which, of course, when you use that phraseology, it shows, number one, complete ignorance, and number two, that you obviously hate the state of Israel because there is no West Bank of Jordan anymore. They controlled it for 19 years. That's it. When they took it during the 1948 war for independence. Go ahead. 
I didn't blame his policies for the attack in Gaza, but the chaos in the West Bank that threatens any peace process moving forward and also threatens another, a second front in this war, possibly a third front in this war. What is he talking about? Not any time during this diatribe, you'll notice, does he blame the Palestinian terrorists, the Iranian terrorists, the Hezbollah terrorists, the PLO, Arafat's creation, Arafat's baby, Abbas, who's a terrorist. Joe Scarborough is going full Thomas Friedman and full Barack Obama. And he's an ignoramus, complete moron. But it doesn't matter. He talks about Netanyahu the way he talks about Trump. This guy has a serious mental problem. He really does. Go ahead. The United States has the right to say, if we're going to continue propping up your government, if you don't have faith in this guy. Stop right there. Stop right there. The United States is propping up the Israeli government? How is the United States propping up the Israeli government? Joe Scarborough wouldn't talk this way about a genocidal maniac in any part of the world. You would, you're propping up the Israeli government? Let me tell this dumb bastard a little secret. In the war for independence, the Israelis didn't get any help from the United States. None. Other than citizens, when they could, illegally sending weapons, Jews in the United States. But it was illegal in the United States. They didn't get support from anybody. Nobody. The British were their enemy. Nobody. Talks about propping up. These people have been fighting and fighting and fighting for their right to survive and their right to have their own government. The right to live in their indigenous homeland that goes back 4,000 damn years. And this son of a bitch goes on about how our government is propping up their government. What a disgrace. They're allies. They're providing support to Israel. And they should. Because our government under Joe Biden, prior to that under Barack Obama, under Blinken of both presidencies, has blown up the Middle East. They funded Iran. They rearmed Iran to the tune of $100 billion. They paid Iran for our hostages. Hundreds of millions of dollars of your tax dollars funneled through the UN to go to Hamas. Hundreds of millions of your tax payers going to the PLO, another terrorist organization. And this son of a bitch goes on about we're propping up the government in Israel. He would never talk that way about another country, ever. Ever. He's playing 
to the anti-Semites at his network. He's playing to the anti-Semites who watch their program to get ratings. That's what he's doing. He's a disgusting disgrace. The West Bank. Our government is now building a database of Jews in the West Bank that they say are violent when they're defending themselves against Hamas, which has secreted itself now into Judea and Samaria. I told you about this tiny little town named Shiloh. Joe Scarborough has no knowledge about it. Maybe he'll Google it now. He knows nothing about the history of this region. Zero. It's in Judea and Samaria. Maybe you've heard of Samuel. Samuel. One of the most important figures in Judaism. If you ever do go to Israel, you should check out this tiny little place. Shiloh. Spelled like Shiloh. And the history there. Now the various Jewish tribes came together. The separate tribes came together right there. It predates the city of David, which predates the city of Jerusalem. Under the Obama plan, under the Ehud Barak plan, under the Biden plan, the Blinken plan, the Joe Scarborough plan, that will be handed over to the Palestinians. Why? And because Netanyahu says no. Because Netanyahu says this isn't a land situation. This is an Islamist ideology problem. Ideology. They want a caliphate. And it's not just Israel. They fight each other. They kill each other. We had a test run. We gave them Gaza. Gaza never belonged to the Israelis or to the Palestinians. It was Egyptian. They said, okay, here, take this. And what did they do? They turned it into a terror center. And so Joe Scarborough goes on a rant. He's an ignoramus. He goes on a rant. He doesn't even understand what the hell's going on. But he understands what people want to hear on the radical, hard, anti-Semitic left. And so he feeds it to them. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. Who knew this was coming a year away? We need a better partner. And Benjamin Netanyahu is not that partner. When now do listen we get- to this. Listen to this. More than a year away, Benjamin Netanyahu was not the prime minister. This guy is so unhinged, so illiterate, so stupid, that he doesn't even carefully read the article. The New York Times is feeding lies, pushing out propaganda. We don't know what Netanyahu knew. Well, who knew what more than a year ago? In the government that preceded the Netanyahu government. What did Bennett know? What did Lapid know? What did Gantz know? He doesn't care. He doesn't know. We got to get rid of Netanyahu because he's defending the homeland of the Jewish people. We got to get rid of him. Right, Mika? Yes, yes, that's right. Blinken says so. Yes, he's great. 
Biden, oh yes, he's a moderate. I'm not done. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the digital dollar report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Have a very Merry Christmas. I'm not done with this. As all these issues are swirling around, life and death issues, issues that are crucial... The constant effort by the Democrats dressed up as judges to take out Donald Trump is not ending. It's never ending. They are destroying separation of powers. They're destroying the presidency. They're destroying the Constitution in due process. And in the United States Senate, the Senate Judiciary Committee, led by little Dick Durbin, who is a contemptible little bum. Fred Thompson told me about this guy. He's dishonorable. He's destroying the independence of the Supreme Court. He's destroyed the United States Senate and the subpoena process and the judiciary. He has shut down Republican objections. He's cut off Republican speech. He's destroyed the procedures in the United States Senate's Judiciary Committee. And these people don't give a damn. While they're talking about democracy and following the rules and Trump is Hitler and everybody else is a dictator and they want to defend democracy... These Lilliputians are destroying our country in every respect. They are a cancer that is metastasizing every second of every day. Stick with me, folks. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is the best of Mark Levin. Merry Christmas. Joe Scarborough last week said that Donald Trump wanted to imprison people and execute them. Still keeps his job. Joe Scarborough today. Who not only gets all his information wrong and and not only demonstrates what a complete buffoon he is. 
But look how he goes after the only Jewish state on the face of the earth. That we're propping up that government. No, Joe, we're propping up Hamas. We're propping up the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. We're propping up the Palestinian Liberation Organization terrorist regime founded by Arafat. We're propping up the Saudi Arabian throwback monarchy by Biden's energy policies here in our own country. Now, all these other regimes, they murder, slaughter their own citizens, gays, LGBTQ, people who don't agree with what they want them to wear, people who look in the wrong direction, people who are suspected, and they're murdered and tortured and killed in the worst possible way. But you see, but according to Joe Scarborough, it's Netanyahu and the West Bank, quote-unquote. That's the giveaway. And that the problem with Netanyahu and Lakut and all these right-wing nuts is they actually want to hold on to their territory. They want to hold on to their country. They want to hold on to their... Their indigenous historical ancestral lands. That's a big problem, America. Go look at a map. Pull it up on your computer right now. Pull it up on your your iPhone or whatever you have. Look how big Israel is. A tiny speck in the Middle East. And Joe wants it to be smaller. Why? Because Biden does. Blinken does. Obama was. These are his new friends. Because Joe is a punk. That's why. So here's more of his projections onto the propping up of Israel, the propping up of Netanyahu. Netanyahu is a duly elected prime minister of a democratic state. Obama, Biden, the Democrat Party, and their media front mouthpieces have been trying to undo the duly elected leader of Israel, This time around, the last time around, and when he was duly elected under Obama, they've tried to sabotage his prime ministership, sabotage his coalition governments, because they want Iran to get a nuclear weapon, because they want Iran to be rearmed, because they want oil to flow into Iran, because they have this insane ideology about bringing balance to the Middle East. Prop up. We're propping up the terrorists. We're propping up Iran. It's not Israel that's killed American soldiers. Many who've been horribly wounded that you see on TV commercials. Israel didn't do that. Netanyahu didn't do that. Then he went on. Cut three. Go. It's not that they weren't taking it seriously. It's that they were focused on the West Bank for Netanyahu's yes. political survival. Because so stop has- right there. I notice they have the clapping. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Netanyahu's political survival. He's the longest serving prime minister in the history of the state of Israel. So they were focused on the West Bank, you see. That took Netanyahu's attention away from the growing evidence that Hamas was going to slaughter and commit atrocities against the Israeli people. What evidence does Joe Scarborough have for that? Nothing. 
Zero. Even the article he waves around from the Holocaust-denying New York Times, from the Hamas mouthpiece New York Times, provides him with a time that makes it clear that he wasn't even running a government at the time that this report was supposedly percolating up. And we also know what we don't know. That is, whether in fact this report did percolate or the information to Bennett, Lapid, and Gantz. Let alone Netanyahu. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the bigots. It doesn't matter to those who try to character assassinate and smear individuals, which is one of Joe Scarborough's trades. It's one of his trades. And that's what stupid people do, who know no history, who don't have any grasp of reality, but they know how to jerk their knees. So Netanyahu wasn't ready because of his political survival. This is the line that's being put out there. And one day I'll address this in more detail, exactly what was going on in Israel. By the left in America, the left in Europe, the left in Israel, the millions that flowed in, in an effort backed by Obama, Ehud Barak, and the usual Marxist leftists. But let's go on. Go ahead. And he has to stay in power or he goes to jail. Listen to this. Listen to this. He's facing three indictments where he has to stay in power. He's going to jail. First of all, as a factual matter, in the United States, it's been decided that a sitting president cannot be indicted. I don't need to get into that in this round. That's not the case in Israel when it comes to prime ministers. Prime ministers can be indicted while in office in Israel. And they are removed. And so he says here, he's got a whole theory based on what the New York Times wrote. And he is willingly led by the nose. His nose is quite substantial. Why not? He gets his governments mixed up. Now he gets his countries mixed up. You can indict a sitting prime minister. In Israel. It has nothing to do with our Department of Justice's view of indicting a sitting president. So when he says here, he has three indictments and he has to stay in power or he goes to jail, that's a lie, number one. Number two, those indictments are falling apart. They've been falling apart. There have been witnesses who've testified. There's a judge who even suggested to the prosecution, why are you bringing this case? It's falling apart. But they still bring it. Why? Because radical left-wing prosecutors, whether they're in Israel or the United States, are the worst of the worst. That's why. But this is way over Joe's head and his pea brain. Go ahead. Paying attention to Gaza was politically inconvenient for him. Why was it politically inconvenient for him? Can anybody make sense of this? 
Why would it be politically inconvenient to pay attention to Gaza? Joe Scarborough doesn't have any idea what Netanyahu was doing, what his government was doing, what they were, were not paying attention to. But I can assure you, come Monday, when he's back on the air, with gastritis, and the fumes coming out of his nostrils, ears, and his mouth. He will not apologize. He will not correct. He will just keep at it. Because that's the nature of American journalism today. It isn't journalism. It's pontificating morons. If this guy were on a soapbox on a corner in San Francisco... Doing his rant, everybody, look at that nut. Stay away from him, honey. Don't get close to him. He looks very dangerous. He could be caring. We don't know. Stay away from him. But when he's given a platform like this, and they dress him up and put a tie on him like a mannequin. Oh, we have to take him quite seriously. Go ahead. On the West Bank, helped him with his religious extremist settlers. Religious extremist settlers. Why are the Jews in Judea and Samaria religious extremist settlers? And this is where his anti-Semitism comes in. Clearly not all the Jews in Judea and Samaria are Orthodox Jews, but many of them are. They're not extremists. They're practicing Jews who embrace the Torah. They're Jews. Orthodox Jews, like you'll find in Brooklyn, New York. Orthodox Jews, like you'll find in South Florida. They're Orthodox Jews, many of them. Not all of them, but many of them. So Joe Scarborough calls them Religious extremist settlers. And why are they settlers? Why are they settlers? Are Native Americans settlers? When they live on the lands that their ancestors lived on? How can you be a settler in your own country? How can you be a settler on your own territory? How can you be a settler on your own land? Listen to the propaganda. Remember chapter 4, the Democrat Party hates America. The use of language. The changing of belief systems. The indoctrination. The repetition. That's what you get from this slug. And he doesn't even know he's doing it. He's just repeating it because he's stupid. He wants ratings. He wants money. That's it. They're not settlers. They're the indigenous people. They're not religious extremists. Not all, but many of them are Orthodox Jews. Go ahead. Extremist groups helped him stay in office, helped him stay out of jail. Let's be you clear. You are a sick SOB. And the fact that the corporatists at Comcast keep you on the air, the way you talk about Netanyahu, 
about tens of millions of people who support him, the way you try and inflame people by saying the most over-the-top outrageous things about Trump's going to execute people, you bring on a former senator who says he's worse than, worse than Hitler. You're a disgrace. That whole network is pathetic. Up and down the line. Up and down the line. And then you're... Your attacks on the Jewish state, your attacks on Netanyahu, your attacks on Orthodox Jews in Judea and Samaria. Let me tell you something, pal. You're as close to crossing that line on anti-Semitism as anybody I've ever seen. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered. Because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And... They put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin. That's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M to make the switch. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com slash Levin to start saving on wireless right now. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Have a very Merry Christmas. Just listen to the way uh, these people on the left talk. They don't talk about American principles. No, it's always about them and their ideology. There is a piece in FT.com, Financial Times. By some leftist named Edward Luce, U.S. national editor and columnist. But I want to read this to you. Try and ignore all the, you know, the, the, the stupid stuff. But here we go. An unexpected rift that has been brought out by the Israel-Gaza crisis is the passive aggression between Joe Biden and Barack Obama. Former aides to America's 44th president made it clear that they disapprove of how America's 46th president has been handling Israel since October 7th. Got to listen to this. If Obama were in charge, they say the U.S. would be putting conditions on military aid to Israel and calling out Benjamin Netanyahu's egregious failings. So you can see the words getting out among the Democrats, their media, the Joe Scarboroughs and all the rest, that this is the Obama position. Obama is the invisible hand behind what's going on here. Blinken is originally uh, his deputy secretary of state. Sullivan worked with Obama too. Obama's calling the shots. And this is why you see all the anti-Semitism and all the hate Israel stuff. He goes, that is precisely the point. Biden's people reply, only by hugging Israel closely can America exercise leverage over its actions. Without Biden's embrace, there would be no temporary ceasefire, hostage prisoner exchange, or humanitarian aid getting through Gaza, they say. Let's see here. Leave Israel aside for a moment, he writes. No, i got to put this in here, too. I'm trying to cut to the chase. Uh, 
He says, I'm not sure former members of the Obama team are winning the argument. It is not as though Obama's criticisms of Netanyahu had any effect when he was president, quite the reverse. Israeli settlements continue to expand, and Netanyahu broke all diplomatic protocol by giving a speech to U.S. Congress attacking Obama's nuclear deal when he was in the midst of negotiating it. That's right. Netanyahu actually represents his people and says he doesn't want Iran to get the nukes. He's supposed to sit there and shut up. Obama's in charge. My point is that there's not so much love lost between Obama and Biden. What he writes in here, too, is that Obama hates Netanyahu. That's his phrase. And he's talking to the Obama people. Obama hates Netanyahu because Netanyahu stands in the way of their designs. He's trying to protect his country. And these people hate Israel. Remember Khalidi? Remember I talked about him last night? Remember we played some of the audio? Professor Khalidi of Columbia, a history professor in the Middle East, the Edward Sayed seat. In my view, Israel haters and also Hamas mouthpieces. My point, he writes, is there's not much love lost between Obama and Biden. We're not for the fact that Donald Trump came in between their presidencies. So we would be focusing a lot more on what divides these two men. Some of it's personal. Biden felt disrespected as vice president. His advice was routinely ignored. Obama's staffers did little to disguise that they saw Biden as someone who had to be tolerated rather than solicited. He's from a different generation and learned his politics in an era that seemed to have lost its relevance. Biden felt slighted. The friction between them was capped by Obama's preference for Hillary Clinton and so forth and go on. Some of their friction is also political. If you compare Obama's policy record to what Biden is doing, they're often on opposite sides. Obama doubled down on Afghanistan with his big troop surge. Biden pulled out precipitously. Obama responded weakly to Vladimir Putin's annexation of Crimea. Biden is all in for Ukraine. I'm going to question that soon, later in the show. Obama talked about a pivot to Asia. Biden's doing that. Obama detested Netanyahu. Biden says they've been friends for more than 30 years. Bibi, I love you. I don't agree with a damn thing you say, Biden claims to have told him. Obama would agree with the second sentence, but die a thousand deaths before uttering the first. That's the point. Obama wants Netanyahu out. Obama hates Israel as it exists today. Obama's a mouthpiece for the Palestinians. And Obama brought in the people who wanted to build up Iran. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered. Because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And they put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M, to make the switch, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com slash Levin to start saving on wireless right now. This is Mark Levin wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Now back to the best of me. 
What has Liz Cheney ever done for the country? I'm quite serious. She's lived off her name, Cheney, in the Republican Party. That's how she got elected in the first place in Wyoming. Nobody knew who Liz Cheney was. What has Liz Cheney actually done? Prior to her newfound popularity among the corrupt media, she hadn't done anything for the country. Oh, she saved us. Over at Breitbart, Liz Cheney, Trump election would be end of the republic. We are, quote, sleepwalking into a dictatorship. Says who? Liz Cheney. I so regret defending this family. Because I thought they were so horribly abused. And they were by the left and the media. She hated Trump from day one. Why? Because Donald Trump did not share her father's foreign policy agenda. Now, whether he did or not, that doesn't mean to try and destroy the man. So she never bought into that. Fine. How much you want to bet she'll back Nikki Haley in two seconds? Because Nikki Haley is that kind of a Republican. She's a Liz Cheney Republican. John Dickerson. Don, John Dickerson is a radical left-wing Democrat who's helped destroy his phony profession. They even had to move him out. But there he is interviewing Liz Cheney. You say Donald Trump, if he's re-elected, will end the republic. What do you mean? Isn't that an incredible question, Mr. Producer? Very tough. He told us what he will do. It's very easy to see the steps that he will take. People who say, well, if he's elected, he's not that dangerous because we have all these checks and balances. Don't fully understand the extent to which the Republicans of Congress today have been co-opted. One of the things that we see happening today is a sort of sleepwalking into a dictatorship in the United States. Checks and balances. See, the presumption is that Donald Trump is Hitler. Donald Trump was president. He adhered to the Constitution. He had more conservative policies than Bush Cheney did. He signed an executive order, by the way, that is used today by Jewish students and their lawyers to defend themselves against anti-Semitism on college campuses. He wanted to secure the border. Of course, the Chamber of Commerce Republicans hate that. See, Donald Trump represents and represented mainstream USA. I called him, and Don Jr., of course, picked this off, but I called him, remember this, Mr. Producer? A blue-collar billionaire? Because that's what he is. And he's worked with blue-collar, hard-working Americans his entire life. You know, when Donald Trump bought Mar-a-Lago, the restrictions for Jews and blacks still existed, and he immediately eliminated them. Immediately. You don't hear about these things. Now, he's such a bigot, don't you know? Why? He used the word vermin. His daughter married a Jew. She converted to Orthodox Judaism. You know, Scarborough, those religious zealots. 
His grandchildren there are Jewish. For a go to Israel today, he could be elected prime minister. But they call him Hitler. The newspaper, whose correspondent in Berlin was sympathetic to Hitler in the Third Reich, the newspaper that covered up the Holocaust, the New York Times, they don't call that paper the paper of Hitler, but it was and is the paper of Hitler. Now, Donald Trump, you see, because Liz Cheney says so. Liz Cheney is an evil person. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she did on that committee. She knows how she worked the testimony. Now we have video that's missing. We have testimony that's missing. Apparently, one-third to one-half of the information they gathered, they erased with a federal judge in Washington who's trying to put Donald Trump in prison during the course of the election. She won't even allow Donald Trump access to that information, despite these rulings by these judges. All Democrats. All Democrats. And so they're going to use her, the useful idiot that she is, like they do Kingsinger, who now is a grifter, I believe, on CNN, and Ken Buck, who will be a grifter on CNN, because CNN is not a media enterprise. It's a political enterprise. It is an appendage to the Democrat Party. That's what it is. That's why it hires Democrats like Jake Tapper. MSNBC, same thing, but worse. They actually hire Marxists and Islamicists. They actually hire a guy like Al Sharpton, given his record. Person who spews and has spewed even before she was in the media. Anti-Semitism, bigotry, racism, Joy Reid. They hire somebody like Joe Scarborough. Who's a wannabe, wants to be in the crowd, you know. And everybody knows I'm right. None of this is fiction. It's all fact. So she will be pushed and pushed hard by all the media outlets. And I want to congratulate Brian Stelter, fat little slob. Brian Stelter cannot get Fox off of his 7IQ cranium. He just can't. So he writes another book about Fox. You know how many books he sold in the first week, Mr. Producer? 3,500, give or take. Give or take. I mean, it's better than Chris Christie did when his book came out. He sold like 2,200. And they go on these same shows. But Cheney will do well because she's written a book for the purpose of selling it to the radical Marxist left-wing zombies. And I would say to Liz Cheney, you like Biden's foreign policy? How's that going? You like how Biden is hollowing out the United States military? You've always been a fraud. You claim to be a hawk. You're no hawk. Hawk? You're Tweety Bird. You're a fraud. She's also an egomaniac. I remember when she wanted to take on the incumbent Republican senator in Wyoming. Came on this program. Had us all fooled. But the polling showed she'd get whipped by this guy. She desperately wanted to be a senator, so she pulled back and ran for the House. Daddy's name wasn't enough to carry over the, 
of the finish line for the Senate. Now she's there, a voice of righteousness, a voice of consciousness, a voice of morality. She's a contemptible, evil manipulator. That's what she is. Donald Trump's not going to be Hitler. Donald Trump's not going to be a dictator. Donald Trump's not going to violate the Constitution. What Donald Trump will do is try and unravel Washington, D.C., where the Cheneys have lived most of their life and where the media lives and lives and lives like rats in a sewer. And they don't want Donald Trump. For that matter, they don't want DeSantis. They don't want anybody who's capable of actually unraveling Washington and giving the government back to the people. Main Street. Main Street. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered. Because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And... They put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin. That's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M to make the switch. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com slash Levin to start saving on wireless right now. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Have a very Merry Christmas. So here we go again. Another panel of Democrats dressed up as judges in Washington, D.C. In that district court, you might recall that Harry Reid and Barack Obama expanded the number of judges on that court and put Democrats on it. And this is the result that you get, these Stalinist-type judicial outcomes. They're destroying the judiciary. They're destroying the office of the presidency, all because they want to bankrupt imprison and destroy Trump. Listen to this one. Reuters, of course. A U.S. appeals court on Friday ruled that Donald Trump must face civil lawsuits over his role in the January 6th attack on the Capitol by his supporters, rejecting the former president's claim that he is immune. Now, let's stop right there. It's not the whole court. It's a panel of three judges. And I read through this Reuters piece, and they don't tell you if they're Democrats or Republicans. That means they're all Democrats, or most of them are. Majority. Because otherwise they would say, appointed by Republicans. That's number one. Number two, think of the idiocy of this for any politician or any former president or any president who's going to be a former president. You now open a liability. If your supporters go and do something and there's no direct nexus, there's just one that's claimed, one that's implied, one that's repeated, you're now subject to endless number of civil suits. So look, if you're Donald Trump, you've got these Democrat judges in New York, trying to steal all of your property and trying to prevent you from ever doing business in New York again, even though there's no fraud, there's no complaining, 
The banks are saying they got paid. Everything's fine. It doesn't matter. They dust off a law that nobody's used before. Now, in Washington, D.C., they're saying, you know what? Any number of people can bring lawsuits. The cops on January 6th, the members of Congress on January 6th. Maybe there was a waiter, you know, getting a hamburger to Nancy Pelosi. He can bring, anyone can make a claim in civil court in Washington, D.C. federal court claiming God knows how much against Donald Trump. So the floodgates are open. Now, but Trump has gag orders on the criminal case. Better be quiet about what's going on in, in New York, Trump. You better be quiet. So say Democrats on appeal. In Washington, D.C., a Democrat panel, two Obama appointees, one Biden appointee. And how does this happen? It's the inner cities. It's Democrat strongholds. That's where they're bringing the cases. And this is what needs to be broken up. This is what needs to be fixed. And if Trump's elected president, he needs to fix it. And that's why Liz Cheney's nervous. And we're going to have a dictatorship. It's going to be unbelievable. Can I ask you folks a question real quick? All these people saying that if Trump's elected, it's Hitler and Mussolini. It's Stalin. We're going to have a dictatorship. People are going to be in prison. People are going to be executed. Let me ask you a question. How many of them have bought homes overseas? Almost none of them. Why? If they really believe that sort of thing is going to happen, why aren't they all now flooding the overseas markets to purchase homes all over the world to get out? I mean, you don't want Hitler and Mussolini all in one. Worse than Hitler. You don't want to be in prison and executed. You don't want all these. This is how sick it is. They're such lying scum. And they get national platforms by these corporatists. And these phony, fraudulent judges who are Democrats, who are playing games with our constitutional system. The Democrat Party has already said they reject the Constitution. It was written by white slaveholders. They reject our history. It goes back to 1619. They've destroyed our entire foundation, our principles, our culture, while they claim to be defending them. And that's how they're going to run. That's how they hope to get Biden reelected. They're going to go out there and corner the market on Depends so he doesn't wet himself in public. They're going to get that cream so he can make sure his uh, dentures don't fall out. He's already got the cornrow on the top of his head, so that's been taken care of. They're going to get in special shoes so when he shuffles, he doesn't fall down. Well, we've got an hour left. And unlike others, I keep my foot on the gas pedal. I don't kick my feet up. No, no, no. We're plowing ahead. There's a lot more to talk about that affect your lives in this country. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is the best of Mark Levin. Merry Christmas. I wanted to remind you of a few things. We appreciate all of our affiliates, AM and FM. We appreciate... Sirius XM Satellite, we appreciate our live streaming, YouTube, and all the rest. So you can always listen to this show no matter what. We've been gaining affiliates, but if we're preempted, we should lose one or two. There's always a way to listen to this program. Our podcast numbers are skyrocketing. I don't even promote the podcast. We now have, again, an effort by the automobile industry to eliminate radio from automobiles. That would be a death blow to AM radio in particular. So it's very, very important that I and we, us, have choices, have diversity of platforms. Because you never know what's going to happen, these constant efforts to stifle free speech, and me in particular. So we will never allow that because of our ubiquity with broadcast platforms. And so, again, I wanted to tell you that if you want to listen to our podcast, which is, in essence, this radio show, you can go to marklevinshow.com. Click on Audio Rewind at the top and pick your favorite podcast platform. It's that simple. Or you can go to your favorite podcast platform directly, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc., and search Mark Levin Show and subscribe for free. You can go to YouTube, where we have our own Mark Levin channel. Of course, you can go to SiriusXM Satellite. You can go to live streaming. And, of course, you can go to our affiliates, who we appreciate very, very much. Just pointing out that you never know. You can now find all my full podcast interviews, specials on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com at Mark Levin Show. YouTube.com at Mark Levin, L-E-V-I-N Show, or search Mark Levin Show on YouTube. It's that simple. Our numbers on YouTube are skyrocketing. I think I've mentioned this once or twice tops over the past six months. The podcast probably every other month. The point is this, technology has advanced so far where nothing can come between you and me. I want to thank the loyal, supportive affiliates out there. And we will continue to support you fully and completely. I want to thank you very, very much. But if a time comes when affiliate here or there decides to do something else, which I think is quite foolish. 
then rather than my being on their platform, they will become a competitor. Because obviously I will use this microphone. I will use my extensive social media. I will use my Blaze platform and my Fox platform to explain how you can get around that decision because we cannot allow a single owner, a single general manager, a single program director to destroy our relationship. That just isn't going to happen. I've been doing this too long. I want to get into something else. Look, we see what's going on on MSNBC and CNN. We see what's going on in the New York Times and the Washington Post. These are not media outlets. These are propaganda outlets. These are scribes and mouthpieces for a centralized Marxist country, state. These are outlets and mouthpieces for the Democrat Party, which embraces every radical force in this country. They vote Democrat and they are Democrats, whether it's the Islamists, a.k.a. Islamists, or the Marxists. They have a very big tent, they're very proud to say, very diverse. Oh yeah, they'll take Islamists, they'll take Marxists. As long as you're not an American supporter and you speak out for it, they will accept you. The Democrat Party is not a typical political party in any sense of the words political party. It is a wrecking ball. It is an alien force within a free country that seeks to destroy our history, our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, our economic system, our sovereignty, our currency, our educational systems, and you name it. It is an evil, diabolical party. And in order to advance this cause, it has to lie. All autocratic parties have to lie. All autocrats have to lie. Whether it's an Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran, whether it's a brutal, genocidal, communist regime in China, they have to lie. And that's what they do all the time. They have to change the language. They have to change the way you think. That's why they're trying to take over education from parents. That's why we have tenured Islamists and Marxists and other reprobates in our colleges and universities. That's why our media are filled with these people who come out of our colleges and universities or come out of the Democrat Party. All you have to do is watch them, and they could be on The View, they could be on The Today Show, they could be on CNN, MSNBC, they're everywhere. They can be columnists, opinion writers, news writers for the disreputable New York Times or Washington Post. These corporations have histories of anti-Americanism, of anti-Semitism, long histories of lying and promoting, like the Praetorian Guard, the radical left agenda, and Democrat candidates. Conversely, they have long histories of trashing Republicans. They trash the hell out of Ronald Reagan. They push Nixon out of office where Nixon didn't do one-tenth of what Kennedy did or Lyndon Johnson did or FDR did as presidents. 
Not one-tenth. In the case of Donald Trump, they're using all the tools they have, all the propaganda methods, repetition, the big lie, emotion, that they possibly can to destroy him. So far, they have failed. They've literally been at this for almost a decade. They and their party, the Democrat Party, with impeachments, with criminal investigations, and now, of course, so many charges in so many jurisdictions, in front of so many corrupt judges appointed by Obama or Biden, that they feel, they feel that this is the time, this is the place, and in particular, they're looking at Washington, D.C. and Judge Tanya Chunkin who is an Obama appointee, who is utterly and completely unethical, in my view, in every respect. They brought in their hitman, who's not only unethical, he's been admonished by the Supreme Court in a unanimous decision, pointing out that he's unethical. A million lawyers in this country, and that's who the Department of Justice chooses to investigate Donald Trump. He's the prosecutor. Chunkin's the judge. The jury will be picked from a jury pool in Washington, D.C. that voted 94% plus for Joe Biden. I don't think any dictator on the face of the earth has gotten a 94% vote. Then, of course, the media in America. On freedom of the press. Because that's who these people are and that's what they are. I want to strongly encourage you. We only have eight more shows. Till the break. To grab your copies of the Democrat Party Hates America and American Marxism. Put a rubber band around the two books. They're basically like Alexis de Tocqueville's Democracy in America. Those were actually... Two volumes, but they're sold and published as one. And perhaps that's what I should have done with this book. But it doesn't matter. You won't find it at Barnes & Noble. You won't find it at Costco, but you can find it everywhere else, particularly on Amazon.com. And the two books together, you'll be doing yourselves, your family, your friends, and your nation a favor. Mark, that's kind of self-promoting. Well, how can I talk about the books that I wrote without talking about the books that I wrote? I don't need this money. I remember when people said the same thing when I wrote Rescuing Sprite. All that many, all of it. Went to saving, protecting, medicating rescue dogs. People don't know what I do with my money. It's nobody's business. This isn't about money. The hardest way to earn a buck is to write a book. Trust me on this. If that's the goal, it's not worth it. But that's not the goal. Ideas of consequences. Ask the Marxists. Ask the Islamists. Ideas of consequences. I want to remind you about Chapter 4 in the Democrat Party Hates America. 
And why am I going to this? Because the media today are in full propaganda mode as the state-run media trying to protect Biden and the Democrat Party in the Senate trying to flip the House. Eventually, they want to flip the Supreme Court. They want iron-fisted, complete control over this society, and they're close to getting it. Any network like Fox or OAN or Newsmax, any website like Blaze, Breitbart, Daily Wire, you name them, Right Scoop. Any conservative radio host, there's pressure, you know, on some of the affiliates and others who dare to stand out and say, stop, they need to be taken down and taken out. That's the way they view things. They don't want the competition of ideas. They want their ideas imposed upon you. If you want to see how this works, there are scores and scores of TV hosts and TV guests, executives, producers, CNN, MSNBC, and the others. All you need to do is listen to them, even briefly. But the person who best epitomizes this is not among the smartest of them. He's among the dumbest of them. But the things he says are so outrageous, so contemptible, so predictable, that it exemplifies what's taking place at the New York Times, the Washington Post, throughout the media, and of course, the media and the Democrat Party say exactly the same thing. And that would be Joe Scarborough. That's why he's promoted on Mediaite. That's why he's promoted here and there. Incredibly unhinged and stupid human being. But he says things that the Democrat Party and their state-run media want to promote. He's their go-to guy. Thomas Friedman's their go-to guy at the New York Times. And so forth and so on. When we come back, I want to explain in some substance what's taking place in the country that we need to defeat it or they're going to win in the next election which could mean it's all over. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Have a very Merry Christmas. Short segment, so we'll really dig in after the break, but let me say this. The purpose of the media today are not, purpose of the media today is not to convey information to you in an effort to be objective. The purpose of the media today is to ram a narrative down your throat. This is what journalism schools teach students today, as I pointed out in Unfreedom of the Press. But most journalists that you see on CNN and MSNBC, so-called journalists and hosts, don't even come out of journalism school. They come out of the Democrat Party or they come out of some left-wing movement like Jake Tapper came out of Handgun Control Link and he was a spokesperson for a Democrat candidate 
for office. And he wrote for Salon at one point, one of the hardcore leftist websites. And then, of course, he's hired by CNN, where he's just a news anchor. And you can see this throughout the media. MSNBC, perhaps the worst. You have disaffected, disgruntled Republicans who've turned on their party. And so they have fangs out and anger out, and they want to they get even with certain people and certain institutions. You can see that with Scarborough. You can see that with Wallace. You can see that with a number of these people, Nicole Wallace. That's not what media are supposed to be about, particularly those that claim to be news people. More when I return. This is Mark Levin wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Now back to the best of me. All right, let's get down to it here. Time flies, at least for me on this show. It goes very quickly, so. Despite all the hours of prep time. And by the way, you know who taught me that you need to be a professional. You don't show up at radio, kick your feet up, and just shoot the you-know-what. Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh's show would come on at noon, and he was studiously in his studio at 8.30 or 9 in the morning. And he worked all the day before, night before, as do I anyway. And so I come on here at 6 p.m. Eastern time, but I'm here, or somewhere around here, prepping, working, many hours beforehand, and usually when I'm done, I continue to work at this. It's not something you can just easily stop for more than a few hours. You need a few hours to clear your brain and restart your engines. But for those of us who actually try to succeed at this and communicate and build your loyalty, it's 24-7 most of the time. So let me go on on this. This, as I said, is uh, something I want to talk about because they... They are already setting the stage that Donald Trump is Hitler. He's a dictator. He will destroy our country. You're hearing it from Liz Cheney, Joe Scarborough, Jake Tapper. You're hearing it from scores of sources. The same arguments, the same points. It's a cacophony, if you will. It is propaganda. It is what totalitarians do. Associate Professor Magda Stronska. McMaster University in Hamilton, Canada. I will go anywhere to get good information from good people. And this, of course, is in the Democrat Party Hates America, or if you will, Volume 2 is what I like to call it of American Marxism, even though that's not its technical name. Now, explains in her essay, language and totalitarian regimes. She says totalitarians promote persuasion by means of altering people's perception of reality. So Trump's Hitler, he's worse than Hitler. He's going to destroy the country. Uh, he's the one they want to put in prison. But he's going to destroy the country. Not Biden. Not these radical left-wing judges. Not these hitmen prosecutors. No, Trump, you see. She also explains that communist regimes use the means of propaganda and mass deception based on a fiction. Sound familiar? In other words, language is weaponized to serve the purposes of a political party, movement, ideology, and or regime. In this, the Marxists are not alone. 
Straczynska notes that in practice, only a few people can be persuaded that black is white. But many learn to say that they don't see things in prescribed colors and to call them by prescribed names. So in other words, even though you know black isn't white, you'll say it, you'll start to believe it, even though it's not factually true. This authoritarian practice now widely exists in the United States, I write, is the English language, science, knowledge, experience, and specific words are being redefined, banned, replaced, to impose on the citizenry the beliefs, values, and thought processes of the American Marxists and the Democrat Party. For example, academic freedom, debate, and the competition of ideas on college campuses, free speech, and the exchange of information on Internet platforms, entertainment from comedy and plays to television and movies, biological and scientific knowledge about men, women, and gender and sex, public school teacher seminars and training, classroom texts and learning, bureaucratic edicts and regulations, corporate environmental, social, and governance, ESG workplace requirements, workplace diversity, equity, and inclusion, that is wokeness, and wokeness generally, and more are all used to control the public and serve the ideological, political, and economic purposes of the Democrat Party. Philosopher and professor Frederick Hayek put it this way. The most effective way of making everybody serve the single system of ends towards which the social plane is directed is to make everyone believe in those ends. You got to believe that Trump's Hitler. You got to believe he's going to imprison people. You got to believe he's going to execute people. You got to believe he's going to destroy the country. Even though our own four year experience with him demonstrates that's absolutely insane, it doesn't matter. This is propaganda. This is brainwashing. This is what totalitarians do. It's what the Democrat Party and their media do. Although the beliefs must be chosen for the people and imposed upon them, they must become their beliefs, a generally accepted creed, which makes the individuals as far as possible act spontaneously in the way the planner wanted. Get the point? Richard Ebling, professor of ethics and free enterprise at the Citadel, explains that, quote, it is through our language that we think about ourselves, our relationships to others, and the social order surrounding us. Words do not merely delineate objects, individuals, events, or actions. Words also create mental imageries, emotions, attitudes, and beliefs that color how people see themselves and the world around them. And this is the campaign of the Democrat Party right out of Chapter 4. Right out of totalitarian handbooks. Trump is evil. Trump is the devil. Biden is good. Biden is an angel. MAGA is the equivalent of Nazi. Ebling writes about the totalitarianization. The the totalitarian... I can say it. The totalitarianization, his word, coined word, of words and ideas that can be seen at work in the language of the progressive radical left in America today. (coughs) Mikhail Heller, an author and scholar who was raised in the Soviet Union, explains, language is the most important and the most powerful weapon in the hands of a state that has decided to transform human beings. The creation of a new language serves two aims, to obtain as George Orwell put it, an instrument with which to express the philosophy and thoughts that are permitted 
and secondly, to make all other sorts of thinking impossible. The new language is consequently at once a means of communication and an instrument of oppression. You saw this yesterday with the hearing with Reigns and the radical Marxist Democrat from Pennsylvania, where she was called basically a bigot, and she fired right back. She's a very brave young woman, very smart too, and accused the congresswoman of being a misogynist. The word conceals reality, creates an illusion, a surrealist impression. But at the same time, it preserves a link with reality and puts it into code. Hillary counts that in the Soviet Union, the Soviet language became the most important means of preventing people from acquiring more knowledge than the Communist Party and the state wished. He said Soviet speech lost its freedom. Moreover, the official dictionaries were changed to reflect the Communist Party and the state's meaning of words. The same indoctrination tool is occurring in the United States today. And the Democrat Party is at the foreground of this movement, ladies and gentlemen. When you watch MSNBC, I don't care what show on MSNBC, what time of day or night, this is what you're getting. When you watch CNN, I don't care which host or show you watch, morning, noon, and night, this is what you're getting. When you watch the Today Show, Good Morning America, The View, all of these hybrid-type shows that are considered entertainment but news, you're getting full-fledged, full-throated, totalitarian propaganda when they're not talking about cooking. In repressive regimes, I write, repetition is also used to force the acceptance and even internalization of new words or words with newly created meanings. And language is used to identify and condemn enemies of the state. In other words, the public endures constant and unrelenting brainwashing and propaganda. Or as Hannah Arant, one of the premier political philosophers in the 20th century commented, it's a form of psychological warfare. Indeed, Arant spent years studying and writing about totalitarianism, having barely escaped Hitler's Third Reich. For example, she wrote in her really quite famous book, for those of us who study these things, The Origins of Totalitarianism. She wrote, quote, Totalitarianism propaganda raised ideological scientificality and its technique of making statements in the form of predictions to a height of efficiency of method and absurdity of consent. Because demagogically speaking, there is hardly a better way to avoid discussion than releasing an argument from the control of the present and by saying that only the future can reveal its merits. Now you'll notice the Democrat Party and their candidates are always talking about what they're going to do in the future. Give us more of your freedom. Surrender your free will to the state. Surrender your private property. Surrender your, your real estate. Surrender your children to the government school system. And paradise is right over the horizon. Listen to Bernie Sanders. Listen to Hakeem Jeffries. Listen to the media. 
I mean, we have an example now. $7.5 billion were set aside to build these electric charging stations all over the country. The Biden administration has had that money for nearly three years, and they haven't built a single charging station. But don't follow that. No, look two, three, four, five years ahead. That's what climate change is all about, right? Ten years ahead, 50 years ahead. People who can't even predict the climate and the weather in 10 days. Always look ahead. Always look to the future. The promises. We're Americans. We can do these things. You hear this all the time. And if there's a screw-up, they lie about it. They blame somebody else. Or they blame the person who screwed up. Their ideology, their methodology is never, never to be modified. Arendt writes, let me make sure I have this right. I'm having a little trouble seeing out of one eye here. Totalitarian ideologies did not invent this procedure and were not the only ones to use it. Scientificality, as she calls it, of mass propaganda has indeed been so universally employed in modern politics that it has been interpreted as a more general sign of that obsession with a science which has characterized the Western world since the rise of mathematics and physics in the 16th century. What is she talking about? She's talking about you have real science. uh, Science. You have real knowledge. Mathematics. And then you have political science. Behavioral sciences. All these phrases, all these terms, all these ideological things. Which claim to be scientific. Not ideological. Her point is that Marxists, fascists, and autocrats generally explain why the horrendous and barbaric conditions they create yet still appeal or attempt to appeal to the masses, quote-unquote, by focusing on the paradise they promise in the future. As I write, there's no better subject to illustrate such a colossal deception in today's world as climate change, which is central to the Democrat Party's growing authoritarianism over all aspects of American life. And it goes on the chapter, I consider it the most important chapter in the book, and I'll put some more context around this when we return. Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Have a very Merry Christmas. I'm hoping you learn a lot from this program in order to help cope with, address, even confront what's happening in this country. If we don't have you as the Thomas Paines out there, millions and millions of there, trying to influence two, three, four, five, ten people, we're not going to win. We have to go around the media. We have to go over the media. We have to go under the media. We have to get the word out. The week is officially over. The week end begins immediately right now. Don't forget... Saturday and Sunday on Fox, 8 p.m. Eastern. DVR, Smart TV, folks. You don't have to make a choice. Go ahead and record my show or whatever else you want to record and watch us live. We need you, and we'd love to have you there. It's very important programming. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, the men and women, the freedom fighters all over the world, the men and women in Ukraine, our brothers and sisters in Israel. Good night, Spritey and Griffey. Good night, Pepsi and Zelda. Good night, Smokey and Gigi. Good night, Indy. 
Patton, Rory, Barney, and Barney. And good night, Dad, and good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. And tonight, good night, Teddy. See ya tomorrow on Fox. Good night, America.